calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. to a brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! Yeah, we're coming a little bit late this week because uh, it has been Star Wars all week and we kind of wanted to wait until uh, we had all seen the movie and then we could talk about it. So as you saw in the title of this episode, we will be doing a Rise of the Skywalker spoiler review for the latter half, probably 45 minutes of the show. Uh, but, of course, we're going to start in first on the Geek News items. Uh, but let's introduce ourselves and go around the table. I am John Roke. I'm a writer, producer, and host over at Collider. I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. That's right. You are. I what am. We have seen you in. Well, oh, well, we've oh, seen oh you, you in. Nobody, nobody was listening to their credits, so I was skipping oh. that. Uh, you might have seen me on Silicon Valley, nine one one, and Teen Wolf. And there's two things coming up in the new year. Yeah, hey. can you talk about any of them? Uh, no. Okay. Just, just in fair case. enough. Are they sitcoms? They're both sitcoms. Oh, yes. that's good. That narrows it down. One Are is you, on Fox. One is on ABC. Are you going to be funny in them? No, oh, I hope so. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not, maybe we know why I haven't been on TV in a while. <laughs> why weren't you invited to do the live action sitcoms the other night? 
Live action sitcoms. Oh, well, because those are all multicams. Okay. Oh, you don't. I'm do a multi-cam. very modern comedic actor. Oh. oh, wow. I don't. I don't play to the back of the house. You just shit on John Amos, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Good time, son. Wow. Dynamite. Dynamite. JJ Walker. Um. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, anyway, that's a good uh, segue to go into uh, today. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we just started. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, you all know what's coming up, so let's just jump into it because all of us want to get to start to talk about Star Wars. Um, and we're going to do the Geek News items. For those of you who are new to the show, thank you so much for taking a chance on the Geek Buddies. For those of you who are not new, welcome back. And let's jump into it. If you don't mind, I'd like to go first. Go for it. I felt the need, the need for speed this week. That Top Gun Maverick trailer was absolutely fantastic. I thought the trailer that had come before was really good, too, but I was a little frustrated that it didn't give you some of the story details. Well, this one didn't give you that much more. I was going to say, I was like, I still don't know what the hell happened (laughs) to this true. They didn't give you much more of the story details, but they did flesh out a little bit more of Tom Cruise's role or Maverick's role in this film. He's going to be training a bunch of fighter pilots for a, a, a dangerous mission. This is not like MiGs crossing the line. This is certainly the stakes a lot higher than the first Top Gun movie. Um, I got a lot of questions coming out of this thing, but I really enjoyed the way they evoked the original, but still made it feel badass and modern. The shots of Maverick by himself on the on the ship and seeing the planes, all of that, uh, you know, that sequence where the plane splits the two planes in the middle of yep. the sky was badass. So, you know, let me tell you something. When in 1996, when this when the trailer first started dropping for Top Gun, I was there. And uh, the thing that sold us was the jet flying, the action sequences in the sky. Because we hadn't seen anything like that on film before. This looks like they know exactly exactly what the formula is. Just enough Tom Cruise, but a crap ton of fighter pilot fighting stuff that way up in the air. And then... Everything that feels like the original movie, like there's a there's a football scene that could be a volleyball scene. Huh. There's the, there's a scene in the <laughs> bar. <Volleyball> scene. <laughs> there's a scene in the bar with the piano, uh, and of course Tom Cruise. And this is interesting. I want to see what you guys think. Jennifer Connelly in black dress at the funeral of what could possibly be Iceman. So is she Iceman's widow? Iceman's sister, maybe, oh. or something. I don't know. What comeuppance? If she was, if she is Iceman's widow, then we see that shot of her riding with yeah. him on the back of his motorcycle. Right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I am dangerous. Uh, I love the trailer. Yeah. I, like, like I have no idea what is going to happen in this movie. Yeah. Like, there's, there's not a lot of story, but it's, just, it's, it's another one of those amazing, like, Tom Cruise does a lot of his own stunts and they get amazing shots and that yeah. is that is what Tom Cruise is going to do for the rest of his life. Now he flew a he jet. Did. He flew a yeah. jet for this. Yeah. Like on on Apple there is along with the two trailers there is a 2 minute like behind the scenes thing where they show him and some of the uh, younger actors. Um the younger actors are in those jets and you see the varying degrees of how they deal with the G forces. Yeah. Um some of them oh gosh they one of them look like they're about to lose their lunch. I really wish they would have shown it. They're probably going to save that for the Blu-ray <laughs> release. Um, I love the trailer as well. Thought it was fantastic. Um, the, the release of the first trailer at Comic-Con, that was one of the best moments oh, yeah. for me yeah. uh, coming out of Hall H. Uh, so excited. Is Miles Teller supposed to be Anthony Edwards' son? Yes. Okay, because oh. he definitely had goose vibes. Well, he had and, the mustache. Well, and did you see what his call sign was on his helmet? No. Rooster. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Because it's a bird. <laughs> a male bird. Well, yeah, and there's no rumors of Meg Ryan showing up in this thing. Um, of course, Anthony Edwards died in the first one, so spoiler alert. Uh, but um, there's no... <laughs> That's a spoiler a long time coming. <laughs> you don't know that. And no Kelly McGillis. Either, right. She right? said that she was not asked to come back, and she said, you know, 
They probably weren't clamoring for uh, a 65 year old woman to come back and be Tom Cruise's uh, girlfriend again. So I was like, ah, you know, the realities of Hollywood you know, sometimes. I want to see her, you know, tending bar at the local, one of the local watering holes. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you about Maverick when he oh, first got here. Yeah. <laughs> Maverick. I remember him. I'd like to warn you off of him, but I still love him. But yeah, I really do. Like, I mean, I do think it's funny. Like, most actors of a certain age graduate out of action films yeah and start doing you know older pieces kind of like doing their thing like smaller movies and tom cruise just refuses to leave but you got to give him credit yeah that at at his age being in the shape that he's in and doing all of his stunts it's kind of like all right i'll give it to you like as long like if you're going to go up in that plane if you're going to jump out of this and do this like i i can't be mad at you you are an action star. Yeah, and it's weird because he hit that Jack Reacher point and like he had like a shirtless scene at one point. He's just like he he didn't hit the gym as hard as he had hit right. um in prior films and it was like, okay, maybe it's time you put the shirt back on. Like nobody wants to see the fifty eight year old kind of saggy man pecs. But then after that is when the next two Mission Impossible movies came and now he's learning how to fly a fighter jet. It's yeah. like he actually thinks he's Ethan Hunt. He thinks he's an IMF agent oh, at yeah. this point. Oh yeah. Look, Liam Neeson changed the game completely with Taken. Now you can go into your 60s or 70s and be an action star. And this is crazy. That, I mean, I mean, Cruz was... There was no one happier probably for the success of Taken than Cruz. Like, ah, I still got, <laughs> I still got time. Give me back my career. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, but we'll see. Is I that mean, from Ransom, though? You're saying, give me back my son? Yeah. <laughs> I, was jumping, I was jumping through kidnapping genres. <laughs> So like my brain, my brain was just kind of like the Rolodex of movie quotes. I was like, I was, I was just there, and then went a little bit to the right. It's fine, it's fine guys. It's totally moving cool. on, moving it's totally on. Totally cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think they're going to release some more footage uh, as we get closer. You know, because this thing doesn't come out to I think the middle of the year next yeah. year, so we got some time. I was mad when they pushed it. But now it's like, well, you know, everything comes in time and you hope they get it right. Maybe they wanted to wait for some of the special effects to catch up, things of that nature or whatever. But yeah. I hope pushing it was the right decision and this is a fantastic film. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the director. I right. I haven't liked... Well, he his, did Tron Legacy. Yeah, and he did Oblivion, which... He did Oblivion, which is they, okay. He established that relationship with Tom Cruise. Yes. But, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, everything from that trailer says this is going to be a return to 1986. Is Bolivian the one with uh, Morgan Freeman or is that yeah, the other one? That's okay. Morgan Freeman. All right. Because he also did two. Didn't he do two of them? Two like weird like kind of sci-fi films around that time? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, either way, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, that's the one to watch if you're going to watch a sci-fi yes, film that Tom agreed. Cruise was in. <laughs> All right. What's our next uh, geek news item? Uh, I will go. Uh, once again, J.K. Rowling, <laughs> creator of the greatest... Uh, Modern fantasy franchise in the world. Oh, Akio yes. controversy is, is, is in the shit on Twitter again. I don't. Yeah. She really somebody she, whoever somebody needs to just take away her phone and Donald Trump's phone. Like those are the two phones. You're just like you two cannot tweet anymore. It's just better for the world if you don't. Uh, so um, a a woman was recently uh, fired. Well, not fired. Her contract was not renewed at the job that she had. Uh, because she was speaking, because she said that men are men and women are women and that's how they're born and that's that. Uh, she is a woman who, um, she's, uh, she, she deals with a lot of gender issues, like with, like with what boys deal with, girls deal with a lot of feminist issues. Mm -hmm. And, um, she spoke out against sort of 
men who transition to women and how they fit in with uh kind of the the feminist uh roles of today yeah i guess the world the of feminism the world of feminism and if and they how, can speak out about yeah, feminist issues the world of feminism and how it kind of intersects with um the world of uh trans people and jk rowling spoke out in support on twitter she said uh dress however you please call yourself whatever you like sleep with any consenting adult who'll have you live your best life in peace and security but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real hashtag i stand with maya hashtag this is not a drill so obviously she just it's one of those things where you kind of want to say like hey don't jump into this yeah why this is a sticky complicated issue Really, do you need to jump in? But she felt the need to jump in. And the reason it's a sticky issue is because, strictly speaking, what J.K. Rowling is saying is she's sort of bringing it down to this woman said that men are born as men and women are born as women. And that's a fact. That's just how it is. And that's sort of oversimplifying the statements and the things that this woman said. Um, There is a term, and I'm not saying that J.K. Rowling is this. I'm not saying that this woman is this. But there's a term that is being used a lot on Twitter uh, in regards to this whole thing called TERF, T-E-R-F. First time I'd seen it. Which is trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And this means uh, women who are staunch feminists, who fight really hard for women's rights, which is a great thing, but exclude trans women as part of that. Say, you were born a man, you transitioned to a woman, you don't get to talk about women's issues, you didn't grow up as a woman. And there... There is just some logical truth to what they're saying, but at the same time, it is excluding trans women as part of a women's movement. And in the world of intersectionality that we live in right now, I just think that is an oversimplification and kind of speaks to a sort of um, trans bias. Yeah, um, a man who is born a, a person who is born a man and transitioned to a woman is dealing with a whole lot of things, including stepping into a woman's role and what that means for them. It's not the same as a traditional woman who was born as a woman who grew up dealing with issues of being a woman and misogyny and everything else. But there's an overlap there. Yeah. And I think that sort of minimizing it, um, the way that this woman did and the way that JK Rowling seems to have done by supporting her sort of got a lot of people riled up, particularly because, uh, you know, there's a huge group of people who love the Harry Potter franchise because they feel like outsiders and Hogwarts felt like such a welcoming open place where everybody was included. Um, so yeah, so that is the, that is the, uh, trans, there's your, there's your trans lesson for today <laughs> and, uh, the term turf, but yeah, what do you guys think about this? Interesting. Man, I don't know. I, 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 it's weird. Cause part of me agrees with you. It's like, Hey, this is not stay. It's kind of stay in your lane almost like this is a sticky situation. You're, you're not helping put out the fire right now, but at the same time, I don't know. She, she has a right to speak her mind, but she has to be prepared to deal with the ramifications of those statements. Yeah, and certainly she dealt with them because people reacted pretty strongly against her for it. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, in my opinion, though, two things. One, this is a very complex thing to wade into because there's a lot of... You can see the reasonings on both sides because, I mean, a trans person suffers through a lot, I imagine, growing up and never feels like a man fully and so probably feels out of place most of the time anyway or in... In, in a submissive role, as some uh, a lot of uh, women feel happens in a patriarchal society. It's the idea that women are forced into submissive roles, that kind of thing. They want to fight that. So I imagine a trans person would be very, um, I don't know, would relate to that very much. 
the thing is, well, where's where's their ability to speak their voice? And I, I think they should definitely be involved in the movement. I mean, any movement that acquires more people to promote the message is a positive. That was going to be my question. Like, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't you want the help? But I think women want to kind of, I think, and look, we're all three guys talking about this. and uh, But like, it feels like I think these people want to push back. And go, no, we want women to first establish this for quite some time. And then we'll let this uh, we'll expand the people who are who are maybe allowed, for lack of a better term, to speak about this and push it and and go on TV and talk about the things that they've endured as women, quote unquote, uh, even though they may have felt like women since birth. So it's a very complex situation. Complex, and on the other side of it, uh, what J.K. Rowling is sort of stating and what this woman stated is it's sort of a free speech issue is the picture yeah. that they're making. Like this woman said stuff on her personal Twitter. And at the job she had, she was asked not to return after her contract was up. And she was assuming she was returning to do a job and was asked not to. Yeah. And so she's saying, I'm being fired for stating an opinion. Um, Welcome to the real world. But, you know, it's one of those weird things where I remember, uh, just using this as a personal example, I, if, a, if a person on Twitter stated something that was racist. Right. Like if a person on Twitter said, hey, it's just my personal opinion, but black people are dumb. You're like you're like okay, well, that's your opinion, but also you could get fired for that. Yes, like, that is the thing. I remember being a kid in school where if a teacher said something racist, that was obviously going to be a deal breaker. But the number of teachers who made gay jokes about oh, someone's a little uh, woo woo and like shake their hand or like did the like the little like the the, wow. the, limp the wrist, limp wrist. Yeah. Uh, always like and so when really? you're a gay kid in the closet and your teacher is making a gay joke and that's acceptable. Yeah. Um. That affected me. Like, of like course. teachers who I thought were great and really liked them, and yeah. they didn't know that I was gay, but they would say these things. And yeah, is that an opinion? Right. Sure. Are, right. are you able to say what you want? And the trans issues are now that where there are people saying I should be allowed to say what I want about this issue, but I don't think they're fully considering how that affects a trans person. Yeah. And I think that that's really what it gets down to is we live in a super complicated world. Now it is. And the, tr uh, you know, trans issues are sort of the latest thing, um, even past like gay rights and everything else that yeah. everyone is like, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And I just think that JK Rowling should maybe be a bit more considerate of her wide audience and consider things before she tweets. Yeah. I want to say this on a very, very low, low, low level. Ever since I've gotten the blue check mark on Twitter and on Instagram, oh. there is there is a difference with what you comment on. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm super more careful about what I comment on because a couple of people have pulled me aside and said you can't run your Twitter or Instagram like you ran it before the verification because more people see your comments. So you're going to engender more. Look at the samurai Western reaction. That was... I'm not, I'm not sure I know what you're referring to. <laughs> but that was a lesson, right? And then I, I tweeted about the um, the kids that did the okay sign, and right. I thought it was a race white power symbol sign. And, of course, they came out and said that it wasn't, but I don't know. Investigating yourself. I never trust an organization that investigates itself. But, you know, but people went crazy about that, right? So those are the two lessons I've learned recently. Like, if you wade into an issue... You've got to present it in a certain way or you're going to engender hate. And certainly mm -hmm. she, on a larger scale, Jesus Christ, engendered a, a, a crap ton. So you wonder why she weighed in on this. Because it is, people, nowadays, jo bosses, jobs, they all check your social media yeah. to see what you do it, it is, and what you tweet about. That is the world about. we live in. Yeah. If I tweeted something negative about Collider, I probably wouldn't have a job. Like event, like I, Or a couple times, I probably wouldn't have a job. My, my boss would call me and be like, why are you saying this stuff on Twitter? 
And then that would be that, you know. Sure. So it, it, it goes that way. I've had many cross experiences on set that I love to tell you guys in private. Oh yeah, but I'm not going to go on to Twitter and be like, "Hey, this person was sure was an asshole." Right, right. No, you 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 have to monitor what you say on a public forum much more carefully nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And, but but I think you make a good point, Mike. We're transitioning. Well, I'm. We're in this time now. It's more complicated, and we're all transitioning as society. Because it's coming fast and furious, all yeah. the things that people want us to be aware of all the time. And so you, you want to be sensitive and understanding, but then you also are like, what now? You know, it just becomes a lot. And uh, I understand that frustration, but I also understand the desire for people to be seen, to be heard, to be yeah. f- feel part of the conversation. So Exactly. So there you go. All right, JK, we'll see what happens next. All right. Maybe write a book. Third right. geek news item of the week. Another trailer. Christopher Nolan has not had a movie out since, what, 2017? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) His last film was Dunkirk. I was not a big fan of it. Me neither. But the trailer for his new movie, Tenet, which looks like it's sort of a time-traveling spy movie. Yeah. Uh, Super interesting trailer. He has some of his uh, regular players coming back with uh, uh, Michael Caine, but he's got an incredible cast for this. Mm. Kenneth Branagh, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Hamish Patel from yesterday, and at the lead, John David Washington, the son of Denzel Washington, who was so great in Black Klansman. Yeah. What did you guys think? Very handsome. He's a, he's a good-looking man. He's a good-looking man. Grows a good beard. Grows a good beard. Very yeah. impressive even, beard. Even Denzel couldn't grow that beard. <laughs> and Denzel has tried. What did you guys think of this trailer? I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lump it in with Top Gun in the, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on, <laughs> but I am 100% on board. Like, I, I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's the Christopher Nolan thing. It's like watching the trailer for Inception. You're just like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I'm very intrigued. And like Christopher Nolan has, like, I agree with both of you. I think Dunkirk is a very beautiful movie to look yes. at. Uh, not that engaging for me, but he's, he's earned the right to do whatever he wants. Like mm. his movies are so interesting and push the boundaries and are really like about something. Like it's really, this looks just like. A, a great sort of um, follow-up to Inception. Yeah. A movie that I'm like, I don't know what this is, and I think you're going to challenge me visually. You're going to challenge me story-wise. And the best thing I can say about his movies when they're really working is I'm sort of rushing to keep up. Mm, like, yeah. I'm trying to, like, like he's so smart uh, and so interesting in what he chooses to tell his stories about. And I always feel myself sort of like, I got to pay really close attention because... Yeah. I can't. I can't be lazy. This, this is like I have to be engaged in this movie. This isn't the movie to go to the bathroom in. Co- correct. You'll not go to the bathroom in this one, uh, <laughs> except that one. Except that one. <laughs> if you if you take a two hour and twenty minute bathroom trip in that movie, that's okay. Well, after the wow. plane, after the plane. <laughs> wow. I'm out the stock exchange. Time to go to the bathroom. Um, no, no. I think it looks great, and and I love I love the. They were misspelling the title because you know you get caught up in your head like what tenant it should be or be an N are you saying tenant what are you saying and it's tenant oh tenant of society oh I get it and then you're reversing it because it's what do they call those palindromes where it's like uh, yeah. palindrome yeah so you get that and of course you see in the trailer as soon as that ship starts going backwards I'm like what the fuck is happening here oh, and yeah. then and then all of in the car and everything like that and so it's interesting to see in the afterlife so I definitely get I agree with you I definitely get those Inception vibes so I'm wondering what he's messing with here is this a Minority Report thing where they're where they're ahead of things that are happening as our precogs. I don't know, but yeah, I'm it's like, curious. It's like at the end there when they walk into that room with the bullet holes in the glass. Yeah. And uh, our Pats is like, you know, what happened here? And he's like, it hasn't happened yet. And I was like, oh, you, 
I'm gonna be confused. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they're on the other confused. side. If they're on another reality that's the other side of our current reality, and you can watch the reality before it happens on the other side of the window. Well, and even the world, like I, I don't know if a wind farm on an ocean exists. Is that? A, oh is yeah, that yeah, a thing? yeah. I don't know either. Um, but I mean, the shot was beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is a very, this is a very interesting world that we're kind of being thrust into right yeah, now. Right. And we're going to get our first look at our Pats in sort of a possible a uh, Bruce Wayne type mm. role in that he's in a suit, his hair is all done, right. he's not glowing, sparkly, and he's not. He doesn't look like a methed out drug dealer. Right. He's done a lot of movies where he wasn't sparkly. We get to see well. Or met that drug dealer. Okay. Well, uh, fair. <laughs> fair. Fair. We right, get to fine. see him look like a person. Our okay, pets. Our, our pets. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Uh, once again, I'm with Mike. I don't have any idea what's going on, but I'm excited. I'm interested. Um, and Nolan kind of, with Dunkirk, I was like, okay, I don't know where we're going here. This feels like back to what I like about Nolan. These, these things that challenge you more. Yeah. You know, because that was just a straightforward war film. This is like messing with your brain, which I enjoy about his stuff the most. And we will find out everything on July 17th, yeah. 2020. It's going to be a fun summer. There's a lot of things lining up, man. Just when you say 2020, like, we're not it's 2020, fun. man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Y2K. Remember when that happened? Jesus. Or rather, it didn't happen. I took my clothes off. I saw a meme the other day that was like, <laughs> that was like 20 years ago was 2000, which is weird because the 80s were also 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, you just kind of feel like everything. Oh, it was the 80s. It wasn't that long ago. You're like, no, the 80s was... 40 years ago. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck you. I know. Trust me. Uh, it's crazy. Anyway, all right. Well, sp- uh, uh, speaking of franchises, we're going to get into... Uh, well, franchises, is that right? Speaking of franchises, because it's Batman, that's why I made the connection with Nolan. All right. Speaking of franchises, we're going to get Give me back in- my son. <laughs> <laughs> See, it happens. You make a jump. Anyway. <laughs> we're going to talk about Star Wars after we hear from our sponsors of the Geek Buddies. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to uh, the second part of the Geek Buddies episode. This week, we reserved a certain amount of time, more than the usual half an hour, to talk about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I ran my own, not my own, but I ran the uh, spoiler review at Collider. Uh, so I turn the table uh, over to you two. Well, so first of all, just to be very clear, even yeah. though I said at the top, so this is full spoiler. Full spoiler. So if you haven't seen Rise right, of Skywalker right. and you are like, oh, I want to hear what the Geek Buddies thought, don't. Yeah. Go watch it first and come back because yeah. we're going to talk about everything. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> the three of us have not spoken about this movie we haven't. yet. Yeah, no. so this is pure, unadulterated, honest conversation by the three of us. Where none of us knows how our actual feelings about the movie. There has been some side eye cast for yes. one particular group, one well, particular sure. party. Mm. <laughs> well, someone made a move, physical move, and it caused a side eye, and then there was uh, implications. You, just, you tore out of that movie so fast with your self satisfied <laughs> smirk. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm emotionally detached from Star Wars. Mm. Then I ran was, out of the theater. I was right all along. Mm. <laughs> I knew it. Called it. All right. So, uh, who I, I you start. Uh, me? Yeah. Whoo, girl. Uh, okay. Who <laughs> um, turf? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I do want to say is that I love Star Wars. Okay. Oh, I, I oh the preface. Before. I love the preface. I loved the Star cool. Wars before. Mm-hmm. I love Star Wars now. I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens next in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to turn the, the conversation about Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. into another toxic fandom conversation like so many of the last jedi conversations agreed i just think that you know love it or hate it like we just star wars fans need to get their shit together and stop being jerks just being jerks yeah so there's no reason to be a jerk I that being said we were close though yeah that being said i do not love this movie wow i think this movie uh 
it, it, it's it's my least favorite movie aside from the prequels, and maybe one or two of the prequels, maybe even goes above it. Wow, I really wow, uh, I really am not a fan of Rise of Skywalker. Okay, now I I I also think, and we've talked about this plenty. Look, this trilogy suffers from no plan. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We're going to make a new Star Wars trilogy, and J.J.'s going to do his thing, and Ryan's going to do his thing, and then J.J.'s going to come back and change mm-hmm. the thing that Ryan did to do the thing. And the push and pull of storytelling did not serve this trilogy well at all. And, and, there was and the- Ryan, Ryan changed it first. Just saying. <laughs> Well, sure, but like J.J. Abrams is notorious for setting things up with no clue how he's going to end it. Like, so you can blame, and again, you blame. I'm not blaming anybody, but like you can say, oh, Ryan Johnson is bad and Last Jedi is bad and he screwed it up. But I just rewatched all eight movies leading up to uh, Skywalker, and Force Awakens has a huge number of big story problems. Yes. So you can get mad at Ryan Johnson, but he did pick up what J.J. left him, and he did what he did. And by the way, J.J. was an executive producer on that movie, so if he was really, really upset about something, he could have said something. They let Ryan do what he did. It's not like J.J. saw the movie in theaters and was like, what? I had no clue. So (laughs) all of that being said, I don't want to get into... I hate this choice, right. or I hate the. I, I'm a, taking the movie for what it is. The choices he made. My issue is he made a bunch of choices and never explained anything. Yep. So we all knew Emperor Palpatine was going to be back in this movie, and the minute that the movie started and the crawl said the dead speak, Palpatine oh, is back. Man. I was like, oh, okay, so we're just not going <laughs> to explain that. Nope, we're just going to walk right into it. He's here. Okay, cool. Then we're going to say. Okay, well, Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. We're not going to explain how. Yeah, we're going to see her parents, her Palpatine's son, I guess, in a brief flashback. But what what is the story of Palpatine's son? We've Why? had we've had five movies with Palpatine having numerous lines and scenes. Never once did he refer to his family, and which which I'm fine with because obviously this is something they're adding now. But if you're never going to do it. Explain it. Right. I mean, there's just so much that is just left unexplained um, that it it just is frustrating Mm -hmm. Um, because, again, I personally love the idea that Rey is nobody. Like, I love that idea from Last Jedi. I know a lot of people don't. But I'm not upset that he said, okay, well, your parents were nobody but this thing. I'm upset that he didn't explain it. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, like it's just a mess of a movie. There's too much going on. There's like 95 MacGuffins. Hmm. Oh, we have to find a wayfinder. Oh, nope. Now we've got this dagger. Now everyone's getting the dagger. And like there was just stuff that was thrown out um, to the point where it was just like none of this even is really tracking. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. And that doesn't even get into now we have Star Destroyers that can all blow up planets. And <laughs> what is the obsession? Why does it always yeah. have to go back to being able to blow up planets? And like. But Nine like, fucking movies, and it's about but again, blowing it's like, up planets. Look, I definitely don't want another Death Star. We've had plenty of those in yeah. Star Killer bases. But then you're going to be like, the Empire over eight movies has spent a massive amount of time and resources building these giant planet killers. Yeah. To then be like, oh, by the way, we just put a bunch of guns on ships. They could do the same thing. <laughs> That's cool. Um, 
And then there was just a series. And we'll hide of him of, in the unknown region. And then there was a series of sort of. Well, I have plenty of thoughts, and I could go for hours. Yeah. But like, go ahead, Shannon. Those, those are my those are my top lines, and then we can get into the nitty gritty. But all right, so going in, and and I will do. I will throw out the same statement that you said. It, I've seen on Twitter a lot of people love this movie. Yes, and if you went in and loved it, man, I am happy for you. Of like, course, that's great. We will not try to take that away from you. No, no, I I love the fact that some people are like this was the perfect way to end it. I don't agree, yeah. but I'm glad that you had that experience. So. Going in for me, the way I was going in, emotionally detached, was the exact right way to go in. Because I went in saying, oh, let's see what happens. I, I did not avoid spoilers. I watched every clip that came out. I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. And as you said, the dead speak. I'm like, oh, so we're not going to talk about how he survived. We're just yeah. going to go in. Okay, and we're just accepting it. And Pogue's giving that speech about Palpatine's back. He's been pulling the strings the whole time. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Exposition like that is so clumsy. And the well, amount... And also everyone's lack of shock at this. Yeah, right. Yeah. The amount of MacGuffins. I mean, the fact that someone took a dagger mm. and wrote all this stuff on it. And, okay, you're basing this off of the wreckage of the Death Star, which is in an ocean. And oceans move. Yeah. And you're telling me that, that stuff hasn't moved in... 40 years and 35 years? That is ridiculous. Um, there was some very good sequences. Watching Poe and Finn and Ray together, I'm like, I really like this. Yeah. I wish I wish we'd had three movies of this because yeah. I think these three did have a good chemistry. Um, Rose, you know, they did her dirty. <laughs> oh, mean, they did. They did Rose dirty. Dude, He she's only in that movie because they had to put her in that movie. That. Yeah, Rose Tico got done dirty. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't care if you think that her character was... Not great, right? In Last Jedi. I don't care if you think she's not the greatest actress. Right. Star Wars is filled with not great actors. Truth, but again, it's one of those things. Like when you pick up the pieces of Last Jedi and say, "I'm going to build something," do something with Rose. Yeah. Don't just shove her to the side. She is a character that exists and had a big role. Yeah, and I know JJ has an affinity for Greg Grunberg and Dominic Monaghan. It's like eh, you could have given those lines to her. I absolutely. <laughs> I, Grunberg, when he died, I was like, good. Uh, and and Monahan served absolutely no purpose. No, no, pur- except to say that he knew the planet or whatever he said that he he had some kind of key to something because he oh the Sith thing whatever whatever he said it was it's like oh that's why you're in the movie so you can uh, spout this line of information that moves us into the next thing. That was my overall frustration with the movie. To be honest with you, is this is the insulting plot conveniences throughout yep. the whole movie. It's insulting because Star Wars is not built on that. The original trilogy is not built on that. As complex or convoluted as those prequels can be sometimes, there is an idea of what you're going for, right? Well, and, and, and all this other stuff, they tried to make it fit because they had no other fucking thing to do. And like, MacGuffins can be really overused. So for anyone who doesn't know, right. like, I know I'm going to get a text from one of my friends like, what's a MacGuffin? <laughs> like a MacGuffin is like anything in a movie that is an object or a thing that everyone in the movie cares a lot about and that's what you use to drive things forward. So like one of the biggest, clearest examples is the plans for the Death Star right. are a MacGuffin. They are important to the story, but you know, R2-D2 yeah. is trying to get the MacGuffin to Obi-Wan Kenobi and then they get it to Luke and then they've got to get the plans of the Death Star to the Rebellion and like that is what a MacGuffin is. Right. Um, but they can definitely be overused as a plot contrivance to move things forward yeah. in 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 lieu of character motivations or an emotional story. Yeah. So, you know, like when you think about a movie like Empire as the best Star Wars movie, yeah. Um, Subjectively, but I think everyone agrees on that. Everyone agrees. Um, and if you don't, you're a fool. 
There's not really a MacGuffin. Like, they're on Hoth. They get the shit kicked out of them. Luke goes to train. And Han and Chewie and 3PO and Leia are just on the run for the whole movie. Yeah. They're not, oh, well, we've got to get this thing. We've got to get the Wayfinder so that we can get it to the Empire. And then the Empire is going to give us this thing. And then we can go here. But, oh, no, now we've got to go to this planet. And C-3PO can't translate that. So let's do this and wipe his memory. But, okay, let's give his memory back. So that didn't even matter. And kind of just, you know, it it just was a lot of a lot of a lot. Without this strong emotional story. And then, the kiss. Yeah, oh. the kiss. The kiss for all you Raylo people. The kiss. Literally. You got what you wanted. Was it what you wanted? The kiss of death. It was essentially the It was Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, yeah. wait, the whole film's, the whole trilogy's been Romeo and Juliet? Kiss my ass. The, the, and the Skywalkers and, and the Palpatines. In our theater, we got laughter. Yeah. We got laughter at a press screening I went to the 2 p.m. press screening at the El Capitan. They kissed, and the people that wanted this to happen clapped. And when he died, everybody laughed their nuts off. Man. Yeah, it. You know it's bad, and I mean, and I've I've talked to a couple other people that had a similar reaction where when a when an audience spontaneously bursts into laughter at yeah. something that is not meant to be funny, you know you're in trouble. Yep. And again, to be clear, I am not. A Raylo person. I never really thought those two yeah, should get together. Me either. But if you are going to do it, like my thing with Rise of Skywalker is not you made shitty choices. My thing with Rise of Skywalker is you did a bunch of things and you didn't support your choices. Yes. If you want Ray and Ben to get it on at the end, you want them to have that kiss, that moment, you want this relationship to be something, you've got to do more than you did. Yeah. Like you have to build it. And again, to JJ's defense, I guess. You know, this trilogy was not planned out. So nobody at day one said, hey, Ray and Ben are going to – their romance is going to be the thing that unites yeah. the Sith and the Jedi, which is actually a great idea. Right. No, they didn't do that. So then you get to this movie. But again, where where was the support of this? Yeah. And that's the thing over and all, over and over again. You're just seeing this and you're like the number one thing is that it should have either been one director all the way through – or it should have been one writer all the way through and then different directors. Because that's the original, the original trilogy was three different directors with one writer all the way through. Or you get a Kevin Feige, which yeah. it seems they're getting one named Kevin Feige. <laughs> but like you get a Kevin Feige that's going to take the different directors and different writers and say, look, yeah. here we want you to put your spin on this. But here's where we're going. Well, oh, yeah, sorry, well, yeah, and to be a fly on the wall of that conversation, because I know... I know uh, I have said in the past like this this the blame for this is at Kathleen Kennedy's feet because she is ultimately the head of Lucasfilm and and they reported that she cried at the end of this thing so I mean, maybe she's so happy that it's done yeah maybe I mean, but I would be interested because you had mentioned earlier Mike like when Disney bought Star Wars there was probably a mandate from my girl like we got to get some movies out like right away so I would be curious to be a fly on the wall if Kathleen Kennedy pushed back at all like the the Previous trilogies, no matter what you thought of the prequels, um, there were two years in between each chapter yeah. because these movies are a lot of work, and if, especially if you're making stuff up on the fly. Um, I wonder, did she push back at all to be like, we need more time to do this? Who, who knows? I, I've heard rumors that she wanted Ryan to come back for the, the ninth one and that he was on his way to a meeting or they were in the meeting and Iger called her and was like, nope, you go get JJ back. Yeah. And that's how it happened. And I, and I think that you know most my most... The, my overall feeling coming out of Rise of Skywalker is it was just a complete reaction. Yes. On yes. the executive side to Last Thoroughly. Jedi. Like, the, they, you know, 
I mean, look, before Last Jedi even came out, they were like, Ryan Johnson's going to do another trilogy, and that has kind of gone to the wayside. But it was clear that Disney, Lucas, everybody were very happy with Last Jedi. Yes. And then the fan reaction happened, and you've just seen this scramble to overcompensate to this movie that we got that was filled with so many things that, whether or not it's true, it feels like, let's give the fans what they... The fans were so mad, let's give them... Let's give them... Let's give them Raylo. Yeah. Let's give Chewbacca a medal for oh, no God. reason. Let's oh, you know. Let's just do, let's do let's do the Death Star. Let's put Ewoks in there for no reason. Like let's just give them yeah. all the things. Porgs. And I kind of came out. I was like, wow. Well, so that's what happens when you give the fans what they want. Yeah. Get this. Like I, I, no, I was not challenged. Well, yeah. To, and to be fair, exactly. That's your point, Mike. I think that, and I want to add to that. It, it's an unimaginative way to give the fans what they want. There's a way to do fan service that is interesting and smart and deft. This wasn't it. This was like we're just gonna we're gonna wrap up every single thing and move on and be done with it, right? And some people did. They got emotional seeing the lightsabers buried on Tatooine and seeing Luke and Leia up there looking like a 70s painting. Great. Uh, for me, <laughs> I hated it. I hated that. And I thought it wasn't earned for her to call herself Skywalker. It wasn't earned for all this kind of shit. It just wasn't earned. And you're right. Nothing is explained. We don't know why he came back. We still don't know who the fuck the Knights of Ren are. We still don't know why he ran off. And don't give me that Luke interaction when he's training and bullshit. There was something going on between him and his father and his mother. That's never explained. We never know fully why Kylo broke out. No. Yeah. Right. We just have no concept of it. I mean, and, I would... And, sorry. Oh, so ahead. one last thing. And, and so, and why is Leia all of a sudden now... A Jedi Master! A Jedi and using this power to get to... Be- she couldn't have used this power in the first movie or in the second movie? When he said... When he got when he pulled that lightsaber out, and I was like, "What is he doing?" And then he was like, "This is Leia's lightsaber." I think I audibly groaned. <laughs> and then, beyond that, yeah, to say she was training to be a Jedi, but then stopped because she had a vision of her son dying. And I was like, "Wait, yeah. once again, convenient." What yeah. are you talking about <laughs> right now? Like, it, it was so out of left field and left me so. I think my reaction to that was the reaction that other people had in Last Jedi when Leia used the Force. Space, oh yeah, yeah, space yeah. Float, which I loved. Like I loved that part, but I understand people having a problem with that. Yeah, that was okay to me. This whole, by the way, Luke trained Leia and she was a badass Jedi and had her own lightsaber. I was like, whoa, what? No, oh, come on, <laughs> <laughs> what? I recording. I so I think two things. I think one, I. Fortunately, like I said, I watched all eight movies and I had a very interesting reaction watching the prequels, which was that I have never liked the prequels. I did not like them. I was really disappointed, but I hadn't watched them in so long. And in the interim, I've watched Clone Wars and I've watched Rebels and I've watched animated stuff and I've read comics and I've done stuff. And I've, I realized that I actually have like an affection for that era of Star Wars history, Mm. even though the movies aren't great. So going back and watching them, I found them more enjoyable than I thought I was going to because I was filling in a lot of the gaps of, I've seen General Grievous and Dooku and all this stuff on all these other adventures. So seeing them in the movie, it was kind of like, okay, this isn't great, but it's fine. Taking a step back from being in the middle of this trilogy, Mm. um, the squint test of 10 years from now, 20 years from now, where we talk about how Han and Leia's son turned to the dark side, took over, like ran the First Order, and then he and Rey... Over to uh, uh, finally defeated Palpatine once and for all. Yeah. And, like, I can see how 
years from now, this will be like, okay, that's a fine part of Star Wars history, and a lot of very talented people in animated series and comics and novels are going to fill in all the gaps that J.J. left mm-hmm. for us, and it'll be fine, but... Yeah, I think, I mean, what J.J. said in one interview where he was saying, like, it it just seems so natural to bring Palpatine back, like, he was sort of the thread that connected all nine movies, Um, like, if that had been established from the beginning, like, that would have been smart. I mean, I liked, I liked thematically, I'm like, yeah, that's smart, but that's not, this, you were, you were breaking glass at that point. There's no way Snoke wasn't going to be Palpatine. No. I think Ryan was like, fuck it, I'm going to kill him off, see what happens. And, and I'm sure Ryan was, I'm sure J.J. was watching it. And just spat out his drink. It was like, what? <laughs> and it's like, what do you do now? And then so Ryan, and so then JJ goes, I'll do you one better. I'll make him a fucking clone of Palpatine. I'm sure Ryan watched the movie and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it just feels like they both were, it, it, feel, it felt like that whole movie that he was going, Last Jedi never fucking happened, people. Like, never. <laughs> Rose is nobody. Uh, there's no romance here. There's not. There's one second of her touching her arm, and they have like a. We're friend zone people, and moved on. You br- and, and let me throw this out there too. The new characters did nothing for the movie. Why do you cast Carrie Russell only to have her show her eyes for about five seconds? And only and all she does is to to prop up Dameron. Oh no, she's there. They 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 might have well they might as well have written no homo across her right across her oh, visor wow like she was I hadn't even thought of that. she was literally like and again oh, I think she's a great actress I'm all about cool characters I thought the mask looked cool yeah. she her her she serves no purpose no purpose and the only reason that she seems to be there is to make it super super clear that Poe Dameron is super straight yeah yep we had a relationship can we make out now. No? Can nope. I make another joke at the end of the movie about, are we going to make out now? Right. Okay, because like I want to make out with you because you're a girl, and I like making out with girls. Well, And also, 2019, why do you bring a female character to prop up one of your male heroes and have her surrender her, more pre- her most precious thing to get her out of uh, a situation to the man? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, in 2019? Are you I, fucking stupid? And along those lines, I want to say this, too. Um, I... Inclusion is important, and any level of LGBTQ inclusion is always oh, a good thing. Oh, here we go. Yes. I am tired of self-satisfied straight directors mm-hmm. running around town talking about how important inclusion is because they included a gay background kiss or mentioned that somebody in a background character was gay that happened for like 0.5 seconds. Yeah, cursory. Uh, like, yeah. Particularly, and Star Wars is super egregious just because, look, I don't think that Poe and Finn were supposed to be gay. I think John Boyega and Oscar Isaacs just have ridiculous chemistry. Yeah. They clearly do. Um, and given that neither one of them has a romance that, like, it's if it's going to be the Ray and Ben story, I'd rather they had a romance than anything else. Like, that... Mm. And what really bugged me about it, again, things that J.J. did and never followed up on, Finn gets buried and says, Ray, I need to tell you something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, by the way... Never came back to that. <laughs> no. The only time it gets brought up again, really, is when Poe and Finn and Chewie are about to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> and the minute before Poe Dameron dies, the only thing in his head is to look at Finn and be like, what were you going to tell Ray? And he goes, oh, it's not important. He said, what's important? I'd like to know. What are you going to tell him? <laughs> and like I was saying this to somebody about like just when you're writing scene, like when you're doing any kind of script writing, every line is important. You yeah. don't just throw things in for no reason. And I'm like... Basic screenwriting, if a character is that interested in what another character was going to say to someone who was a possible romantic interest, the only reason you put that there is because he's like, 
Well, because I mean, I was, you know, I was going to say something to you, but right. you're say it to Ray. Like, and I was like, I didn't think that that's where they were going, but I was also like, why the fuck are we even doing this? It's just like at the end when yeah. Lando said he was going to help that girl find her family or whatever, and I was like, what? I what? What's happening? Yeah, right. Are you? Are you? Is it? Are we? Are we going to another Star Wars where that gets solved? Or are you going to try to bang this young woman? Because it looked creepy as fuck. Like Lando was, was back creepy. in the Lando. It was pretty creepy. Wait, let's go find out. What the fuck are you talking about, you grandpa? It was so weird. His Leia thing was funny. I liked that, and I thought Lando show. I mean, it was a bit like. On the nose. Yeah. Well, the 42-year thing, which is an allusion to the Star Wars coming out 42 years ago, that celebration every 42 yeah. years, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, on Planet Burning Man? Yeah, Planet, whatever the fuck, yeah, Planet Burning <laughs> Man. It was for sure Planet Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, Planet Burning Man. And then having Lando. I was like, okay, Lando showing up was cool. I mean, the audience reacted really positively. And he's either uh, tell Leia I said hi. Like, that was cool. Because that references Strikes Back. And give it's Leia still my love. Yeah, give Leia my love. <laughs> I love that. But that shit at the end was like, this is creepy, Joe. What are you doing here? It was a little strange. And also, also, yeah, go ahead. No, and also speaking of Lando, I just love like Last Jedi ends, and you know Princess Leia, General Leia, sends out the call to everybody and says, "Hey, we need help," and nobody answers, which is his way of saying "fuck the Last Jedi." Go ahead. And then, like Chewie and Lando just do like a, a ride around. <laughs> They're like, let's do a loop around the galaxy and bring in every ship ever. Because yeah. now we're in. Like, and, and, and we did it in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Two questions for you. Guys. I hadn't even con- considered that. Jesus Christ. So not even questions, just statements. Um, as much as I did not like The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. I think the only guy who could have finished the trilogy was Ryan Johnson. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and again, like I didn't like what he did with Luke, but I'm like, all right, you have not, you knocked over the sandcastle. Yeah, you built your own. Where do you go from here? I like. I wonder if he had ideas of where to go from there. Right. And also, and this is just me being fanboy, and and our friend Jonathan Blue, I, I spouted this theory yesterday. He's like, that's dumb. <laughs> but I was like, instead of bringing in Palpatine, why not use the Knights of Ren? Like you've established these guys as as formidable a formidable presence, and they basically become nonverbal nonverbal like background people. Like, the Knights, they don't do anything. The Knights of Ren are maybe the biggest wasted. Thing in, in this whole thing, this side of Captain Phasma, like they could have been something. Both oh. Knights of Ren and Phasma, they fucking Phasma, Phasma got Phasma, and I, I want. I'm gonna write a movie about Phasma and Rose. Mm-hmm. Oh, they both got done so dirty. I like that. <laughs> uh, to your point, though, they should turn to the dark side. And again, or looking she. at what JJ wanted to do and ways you could have done it better, as opposed to like just different choices. Yeah. The Knights of Ren are interesting. Yes, like. I'm assuming, and I might be completely wrong, but are the Knights and Ren like the, the, other, the, the students, other students? The other students that turn to the dark side? And that's the point, isn't it, Mike? You have to assume, because you don't fucking right, know, because they didn't explain it. If, if, if Ben got a bunch of other dudes and girls to turn dark, and they became the Knights of Ren, and then he went off on this whole journey where he's like force, he's force sexting with Ray right. for a whole movie, yeah. and then this stuff happens. And then while that was all happening, his the other Knights of Ren went and collected some ancient Sith holocron or did whatever to bring Palpatine back. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were Palpatine's people now. And Kylo, Kylo had to fight his... Like, there's ways you yeah. can use the Knight. Like, that's what really makes me mad about J.J. is that there's stuff that's just laying on the table that... All right, you want Palpatine? Go for it. Use the Knights of Ren. Use yeah. these things that you created as opposed to just having them stand around and do nothing. Yeah. yeah. And... Oh man, there's just like that. It's just it's one thing after another thing after another mm. thing where I'm like, I'm not mad at your choices. I'm cool with it. Like, like I said, 
even if I think that Rey being a nobody is more interesting, even if I think the whole idea that the Jedi were wrong, that which they were, um, that Ryan Johnson said all that stuff like is interesting. Um, you know, that kid, that little kid at the end of Last Jedi using the Force. Yeah. Like, pick some of those things up and run with them to a degree, even if you don't like them. He didn't want to. Do something. J.J. and Iger didn't want to. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And and I don't know if I blame Kathleen as much on this one. I think I think it's just like, you know, they did the best they could with, with the, the situation they've set, they set themselves up into. And I don't think that's a positive. I just think this is what we got. And I wonder the squint test for you, Mike, 10 years from now. What if people revere the fucking prequels more than this trilogy? And that... I could see as possible. I think. Well, look. Oh, pe- I think there's people that already. It. There's people that already revere the prequels. Yeah. Well, no. Sure. And my brother. And my brother and I did say that. And I will say this. And this is where I think the prequels. Looking at the prequels now, and now mm-hmm. looking at this trilogy, the new trilogy, the prequels have a very strong base. Yes. Of a story. Mm-hmm. Like it's executed horribly. Right. But the base of Palpatine sets himself up to take over the Galactic Senate and creates a fake war between droids and clones to give himself the power to take over, to get complete control, turn the the Galactic Republic Mm. into an empire and get rid of the Jedi with Order 66 and turn Anakin in the process. Yeah. There's the execution on all of it is crappy and there's weird random shit that you're like, what are you doing? But that basic story of Anakin's rise as a Jedi and fall to Darth Vader is good. Yeah. Um, the packaging is bad. Right. This new trilogy, great packaging. It all looks great. Right. It is beautiful. It is a gorgeous movie. But there's not a lot underneath. Yeah. Um, two things. The one I audibly groaned about, the one time audibly groaned was a Hux turning to... <laughs> when he, I, I swear to fucking Christ, I got so mad. It is... I was so insulted by that because we'd seen it in Rebels when uh, Callus. Yes, when Callus turns, it's believable. It's because, great because Callus has laid this groundwork, and you've seen him hesitate at certain moments. You're like, why? And then you find out later, and you're like, oh fuck! So he was a spy all the time. Yeah, and he but he retains who he is, right? With Hux, it was a. I mean. There's no way these two mamby pamby whiny little bitches took, ran the first order. Kylo with his emo bullshit and Huck's going, I just want him to lose. It's like, what the? F- it's a burn book. They both have burn books about each other, I bet. It, it drove me nuts. It, it drove me nuts. And again, I will say this this what this reminded me of another thing that just sort of, as the movie was going, I was like, God damn, is if you're going to set something up, don't. Knock it down right away for no reason. So, yeah. like, look, I was very glad Chewie was not dead. But oh, that oh the oh the transporter <laughs> thing. Oh God, Chewie's dead. I'm Dude. so sad. Two seconds later, nope, Chewie's not dead. Oh no, C three PO. We have to wipe your memory so that you can read this Sith dagger. Yeah, nah, but we'll give you your memory right back. Right. Uh, and then Hux, Hux is the spy, and we're gonna shoot him two and, seconds later. And we're gonna kill him. Like so, the whole idea of Hux being a spy, which is a big thing, yes. if you're gonna do it. A was done horribly, and B. Amounted to nothing. Oh, tell him we found the mole. Like, that's it. That's it. That's that's all we're gonna do. Yeah. Like it was just such a. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like that, that was my overall. Like why? Why even do this? Yeah. Um. So yeah, let me let me ask this. Let's uh, we just because we could just do this all day. 
What did you like about the movie? Oh, yeah, it's a fair point. I I really enjoyed some of the comedic moments in the movie, for sure. I thought, like you just said earlier, Mike, some of the visuals of this movie are incredible. That fleet, that uh, 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 Palpatine's fleet was daunting as fuck. But also, when all those ships showed up to fight back at the end, that was great as well. I thought the shot of Palpatine with with the electricity going into the ships from where he was sitting on the Sith throne was maybe one of the most badass fucking scenes or shots I've ever seen in Star Wars. Certainly rivals that shot of Luke against all the AT-ATs, either in a row or when he's facing them, which I thought was two of the best shots in Last Jedi. I enjoyed that. I think Ray did it. I think Daisy really has no shame here. Ridley has been incredible in all three films, done the best with every single line of dialogue she's ever uttered, and she's someone definitely... I think Poe Dameron was... I think Oscar Isaac was having a lot more fun than he'd had in Last Jedi, for sure. Um, I'll never speak positive about you again this trilogy. I think they just messed that up. Um, yeah, that's all that comes to mind right now. I'm sure there's more. Undead Palpatine. I was like, this is an awesome visual, and mm. Ian McDermott always turns in a really yes. kind of menacing, menacing performance. Um, bites off those words. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, what would you like at Starbucks? I would like a grande chai. chai. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so like... <laughs> I thought the act, the chase on Planet Burning Man, I'm like, this is a great chase. Oh, I, yeah. I love the reveal of uh, Daisy with the Force Lightning, even though I was like, yeah, this doesn't totally make sense, but man, that was a cool reveal kind of was. and the fact that she stopped that ship that, mm-hmm. that's something that we see in like the Force Unleashed games we've never seen mm-hmm. that in a film um, and as fan servicey as it was when she got into the uh, the throne room of the fallen Death Star when they, they're using the Emperor's theme and she's kind of looking around I'm like yeah. god this is I, I'm feeling all the feels but there's nothing behind it yeah um, yeah I, I agree so I as much as this trilogy now is kind of like a big meh for me I love Ray and mm-hmm. I love Daisy Ridley. Like I think she did a fantastic job yeah. and I am invested in her as a Jedi despite everything that happened. I yeah. just like her. Um I don't I again taking a step back, I don't mind the redemption of Kylo Ren coming back to being Ben again. Oh. I just think it was done poorly. <sighs> um I really liked again, didn't think it totally made sense. But I really appreciated that moment when all the Jedis of the past sort of spoke to her and that they actually got the voices <laughs> right. of all the people. Like it was actually voices from Clone Wars animated, from mm-hmm. Rebels, uh, Sam you know, Jackson. Sam Jackson. I think it was Anakin, wasn't, wasn't Anakin, it? Anakin, Christensen. Yeah. Like, so the fact that they got all those people to come in, Ahsoka's voices in there, yeah. like, I think that that was really cool. Uh, I don't think that the moment necessarily worked, yeah. but I appreciated that they did it. And I actually, I hate that Leia has a lightsaber, but I thought the very end moment of her going back to Tatooine and burying the lightsabers mm-hmm. was cool. And even though I don't think it's earned, I like, I think it's cool that she took the name Skywalker. Okay. Like, I don't, I agree with you that like the moment itself, they didn't get me there. Yeah, it should have had all. weight. It had no meat to it, yeah. but just conceptually, um, the idea and again, not executed well throughout, but the idea they were going for, which is you are who you choose to be, not who you're not what your lineage is. Yeah. So the fact that she found out she was a Palpatine, but actively chose to be a Skywalker. Right. I love that idea. So when she said, I'm Ray Skywalker, I got a little bit of a tingle just because I like the idea of it, yeah. even though I didn't think it worked. Yeah, but and her yellow lightsaber. And I loved her yellow lightsaber. Fair enough. I like that too. I wish she had had it earlier. I think that the movie, the moment I'm I'm sitting there, I'm so mad at this point in the movie. I'm just sort of like just stewing in my nerd juices. (laughs) And then she turns on the lightsaber and I was like, 
You know, that's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's a good, that's a good color for her. That's a good yellow lightsaber. Like, I was like, like, it's like, it's like, I liked that. Um, I neither of you mentioned this, and I didn't either. But I'm yeah. really curious. How did you guys feel about uh, the Harrison Ford scene? So let's talk about that because I was just going to bring up the redemption of Kylo, and it's all connected. So go ahead. Um, totally unexpected. They kept that. Uh, that they kept that incredible secret. Um, yeah. As soon as he showed up, I leaned forward. I, I had the feels. Um, again, don't know if it was earned, but was happy to see him back. One last thing about positive, uh, Chewbacca's reaction to the death of Leia. Yes. That yes, one. Yes, yes. Bro- it, I cried. Actually agreed. I did. Yeah. So like there are, I want to, I wanted to get into the yeah, room, yeah. but I do want to say like as much as I dislike this movie yeah. and dislike the lack of support of the choices made. It's Star Wars, and there's still stuff that I enjoyed. And I think that's why people who love it are loving it as much as they do, is because they feel like they've gone back to that feeling of the original trilogy or the Star Wars that they like. Because I said this one in the review. It's the most Star Warsiest Star Wars film ever made. It is the Star right. Warsiest Star Wars film ever made, and we take that any way you want to take that. Um, <clears throat> as far as the redemption thing, yes, thoroughly agree. Because that scene came on the heels of Chewbacca's reaction to Leia's death. Um, and, uh, I was already emotionally in a place. So when he said, Hey kid, I was like, you fuckers. I, I almost said it loudly in the El Capitan, <laughs> but I went, no, I literally went like this. I was no. And then he turned and saw Han can't lie to you. It's Han Solo. It's Harrison Ford. Totally worked for me. Completely unearned, but totally worked for me. But you also know now in retrospect that was going to be Leia. That was probably going to be Leia. Mm. And I wonder if Harrison did it in honor of Carrie. And it's like, look, it was going to be her. She's passed on. I'll do it. Just one scene. I'll do it. But it was a really well-acted scene between both of them. Mm. And I don't, I, it, it, I don't buy his redemption at all. Leia could have done this at any moment. So they, I think they fumbled the redemption of him. It's, he acts it well, and you go along with it because it's Adam Driver, and he's a phenomenal actor now. You go with it, and you're like, okay. But it, it could have been such a powerfully intense it, and moving moment that he finally fought through himself to turn off the dark. That would have been awesome. First of all, it's a smart move because it's the only way. Like, I remember you ooh, a few ooh. weeks oh, ago yeah, 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 were yeah. so like, you cannot redeem Kylo Ren. Fuck you. If you, like, I will kill you all. <laughs> well, uh, that was a bit too extreme. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the sentiment is correct. But, uh, <laughs> the only way to get people okay. I sum up. <laughs> like, the only, the only way to get people okay with him after he killed Han Solo was to have Han Solo come up and say, hey, it's cool. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no other way. Like, this, you sort of needed that moment. And I agree with you. It is a great moment. Yeah. Like in the in the again, ten years from now when everybody looks back, the Han Solo shows up and gives Kylo forgiveness for what he did. Like it's a it's a great Star Wars moment yeah. that just is not earned. Nope. Like that Kylo's Kylo's arc is so wonky all over the place. To your point, aside from kind of understanding why he responded to Luke the way he did when Luke sensed the darkness right. in him from Last Jedi, we don't really know why he's so hung up on his grandfather, why he wants to be part of the dark side yeah. so badly. Like, and that why he's is, mad at his dad. That is so great. That's so, there's so much story there. And if we're going to build to this redemption, I would have preferred two less chases or a yeah. couple less planets and more time going into with Kylo, maybe with the Knights of Ren being yeah. like, remember when you told us that we were going to like have all this power and then now you're doing like, there's, it's all there. You right. have so much you could do. I will say, 
you know what? Kylo's arc of redemption is horrible, but Anakin's turn to the dark side and Revenge of the Sith is one of the stupidest things that's ever happened in the history of that's movies. That's for sure. So, like, you just, can't deny that. Just watched it again. Yeah. Like, he's like, Master Windu, I think that Palpatine is, is Sith. And he's like, well, let's go arrest him. And they go in. He's like, I'm now going to defend Palpatine. Like, you just told him the thing. Yeah, right. What's the. Right. So. I, again, Kylo having like kind of a wonky redemption is maybe the most Star Warsiest Star Wars thing. That, like, it's <laughs> thoroughly like, okay, cool. You know what? Star Wars is big on redemption arcs and big like falls and rises, yeah. and they've only stuck the landing once or twice for all that they have. And so, again, ten years from now, I'm gonna love the story of Ben Solo and how he turned to the dark side, but then Ray brought him back and Han Solo forgave him. And you're like, that's that all sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear, and again, this gets to like where you know the Bob Iger of it all, and they kept. You can hear J.J. Abrams. So Palpatine is back. He wants Ray. Ray is his granddaughter. She's ultimately going to almost turn, but then Ben. And you know, you can you can hear mm-hmm. the pitch and go. This is Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> but man. Did it infuriate you where JJ did this thing again where he essentially traced Return of the Jedi again? Did it infuriate you? I mean, because when the Emperor goes, Look at your friends who are dying in this it's exactly what he said to Luke. Your, in Jedi. That your friend is yours. It's exactly the same yeah. thing. Leia, that's the Empire Strikes Back moment where she confronts Dark Leia. That's Luke confronting himself in the tree in yep. Dagobah. Like, that's all... That's Empire. Oh, sorry, Empire. Yeah, yeah. So that's all there. Of all the things to be infuriated with... Oh, that's low on the list. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. But it just just adds on to it. Sure. It's like, God damn it. Why? Throw it on the pile of things that make this this an imperfect trilogy. Yeah. For sure. You know, here's what I'll say about it. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron, with both Terminator 2 and Aliens, two of the greatest sequels of all time. True. Just copies the first movie. Okay. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but like Terminator is like Terminator shows up, hunts Sarah Connor. Like you have the big ending. Like with the t- you, you, it's all the same beats. Yeah. Aliens is the exact same beats with just more aliens and a queen and everything else. And it's a, we're not going to blow up the ship. We're going to blow up the planet. Like he just trumps himself. He goes over the top. So using the original trilogy as sort of a blueprint. Yeah. But then doing new things with it, I don't have a problem with. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with you kind of are just copying, but not adding anything right, more. Right, right, Which, and I, I wonder if J.J. loses shine more than gain shine off of this trilogy. I think J.J., first of all, I think it's just a shame because I don't think anything, I don't think anybody's coming out of this trilogy clean except Daisy Ridley. Yeah, Daisy Ridley. You know, and, and, and Adam Driver. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I think that, um, I think that Ryan Johnson has had to go through the shit. Fortunately, I think Knives Out has sort of yeah. brought him back up. People are like, oh, okay, well, I might not like Last Jedi, but he's clearly an amazing filmmaker. I think J.J. is not going to come out of this clean. I think nope. Kathleen Kennedy is not going to come out of this. I think Iger, I think just in general, Disney has, again, if for people who loved Rise of Skywalker and it made you feel great and it made you feel Star Wars-y, I am happy. I wish I was one of you. Yeah. Um, but... Disney has a big Star Wars problem on their hands. Yeah. Like they they clearly don't have that vision. You know, you've got and again, it's just we compare this all the time, but you've got Kevin Feige sitting over here being like, "Well, here's what we're going to do in phase 5." <laughs> but uh wait till you get to phase 6 and 7. You're just like, they've got Marvel stories for the next 30 years yeah. to keep Disney happy and safe in in the and in the in the profits. Yeah. Um 
And granted, they have source material to pull from, and Star Wars doesn't. Well, it does, but they don't want to make it canon. All that legend stuff is I mean, source but material. But some of that stuff is real some of that wonky. Stuff is real wonky oh, oh, you mean like the the midichlorians wonky? I mean, it, it fucking you can't tell me it can't transfer over. <laughs> All right, fair. Um, Especially because the next trilogy was going to go biological. So in yeah, Lucas's I mind, I know Lucas was going to do like what fantastic like a. Uh, Inner space. Yeah, basically. Inner space with midichlorians. Amoebas. Uh, John Amoeba. So yeah, look, I think that I I am I'm curious to see what happens next. I, I don't know, but I have trepidation. But oh, the Mandalorian. Curious with trepidation. Like right. I think like all things, you know, I think they're gonna mess up. I think there's gonna be some stumbles, but I think that the Star Wars universe has survived a lot, and there's a reason that it's still it, there's a reason that we're still arguing and as yes. passionate about it as we are. Of course, of course. Yeah. And hopefully going forward, I mean, now, like, I don't think Filoni thus far has been the most amazing director um, in terms of his choices for Mandalorian, I but I disagree. do think in terms of his storytelling and his understanding of the universe, maybe they're like, hey, maybe we should have this guy come in. Filoni, yep. Filoni out of everyone who's touched Star Wars, uh, clearly has the strongest point of view and vision. He knows what the universe is. He knows how to make something feel Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And he's got ideas on how to move things forward. I mean, he's the guy that, like, really got into, like, the politics of the prequels as messy as they were and helped make that. Like, he did a lot of really good stuff. I think that's the positive about Filoni. Yeah. And and that's kind of a negative towards I don't sense that anybody understands Star Wars. I, yeah, I don't think they get it. I think they, I think they think they know what it is. But I think people like Filoni actually get it. They yeah. know what Star Wars is, right? I think Deborah Chow, her two episodes on Mandalorian, had Deborah Chow, Deborah Chow can go direct a Star Wars movie, as far as I'm concerned. Right now, if she I, and this is the thing that I hope happens, and maybe someone can clip this out, and someday in ten years from now it comes true. I think Daisy Ridley will come back and play Ray in a new trilogy, and I think she won't come back though because she'll grow in power until she can have she can sign off on the director and sign off on the writer and see maybe. the plan. Now that she's an older actress or got or been through this experience and experienced actress, I should say, um, she will not come back until she can verify everything across the board. And because I, I think there's incredible, an incredible trilogy with Ray that can be there for her to sink her teeth into. Yeah, I'm, I'm, fully, on board. Do I'm fully on board with Ray Skywalker sticking around. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she's 27 years old. Yeah. There is plenty of time. Absolutely. You know, go do other things, kind of do some, wash the taste out, reawa- reawaken, for lack of a better term, your desire to come back and play Ray in the movie. There has been an awakening <laughs> again. <laughs> Vader. But different from the last awakening. <laughs> Vader, your sacrifice was for nothing. I lived. <laughs> yeah, that's what, is he redeemed? He didn't die. Is he fully redeemed? Who? Who? Anakin. Anakin he didn't redeemed. die. What are you talking about? Just for throwing homie over, into the, but he didn't really kill him. What? He saved his son. <laughs> he saved his son's life. Did he his, his redemption wasn't the the death of Palpatine. All right, it was it was his willing to try to kill Palpatine. It was oh, okay. his. I am going to forsake my master because I love my son. Okay. Love was the redemption, not cold death. But he didn't finish the job <laughs> because indirectly his son died at the hands of Palpatine anyway. So you, you kind of fucked that from up. From a certain point of view. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm not wrong. Oh, well. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, wrap this thing up. We're at, a minute, we're at an hour and seven minutes, so we went a little bit over. Hope you all don't mind that we did that. Thank you so much for downloading. 
this episode of the Geek Buddies. And like we said, if you loved Rise of Skywalker, we absolutely respect that and totally appreciate that you did and wish that we felt the same way about it. But these are our unfiltered thoughts and our honest thoughts, and I hope that's what you want from the Geek Buddies, honest truth about the film. Uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, tweeted us about it as well or what you thought about the, the Maverick trailer or the Tenet trailer or uh, about J.K. Rowling's comments. Where can they do that, Shane? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter and get some non-smarmy thoughts, it's at Shannon <laughs> underscore McClung. On Instagram, for some non-smarmy pictures, it's at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel for his <laughs> shaking head judgment from both platforms it's at mk tune wow. if you'd like to hear some hacking thoughts from mr roca mm. it's at the roca says yeah, i'm still getting over my thing uh michael what do you gotta say well for those of you that aren't emotionally detached <laughs> uh who want to be emotional and have feelings and express those feelings uh you know wherever you're watching listening to this go uh give us some ratings give us some stars <laughs> give us some comments uh hit us up on twitter let us know what you think the more comments you give the more stars you give us the higher we go in the ratings and the more uh emotionally intelligent people we can have joining the geek buddies have emotional <laughs> and passionate discussions I like about what you said. the things that we are emotional about i like what you said i like what you said uh, all right. Well, there you go. Follow us. Leave comments. Leave ratings. All that jazz. Um, and uh, we will talk to you next time on another brand new episode of The, the Geek, Geek Buddies. Buddies. Hey. Sure. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.